Um, All right. Slowly but surely, we'll get this going. Yeah. Right. This is. I think this is the this is the exciting part about a podcast is we're all in tech, but can we make tech work? It's always an interesting dilemma. <laughs> you guys should that should be, that should be one massive podcast just on how inept that industry is and how inept we are at working with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why meetings don't start on time. for joining the IPG Media Lab up here on Floor 9. Uh, I am Scott Elcherson, uh, your host, and Angel's back again. I'm so back. so happy to have I'm you back, back. Angel. Like riding a bicycle. It feels so good. Uh, but even more special than that is um, our guest today, um, all the way from, I hope, hopefully sunny LA, uh, is Damian Bradfield, the president, CMO, and co-founder of the file transfer service WeTransfer. So Damian, welcome to Floor 9. Thanks very much for having me. It's very high, Floor 9. We're high up. Oh, yes. It's the, uh, well, so believe it or not, that is the naming behind the podcast is um, where our actual physical lab is. It's on the, right. the ninth floor of our office. So um, a little inside into that. I don't think we've actually talked about the origin of the name before in the pod. Um, so I, you know, so obviously, as the co-founder, CMO, president of WeTransfer, um, you know, first, we'd just love to hear more about your background, um, you know, how it all started um, and what, what you do at WeTransfer. So I can't take credit for the origins of the business, right? So there were two guys that um, both Dutch, the company started in Holland, but two people, Bus and Nolden, um basically came up with the original idea. So Bus had an agency. Um, Nolden had a blog. On Nolden's blog, he had this full screen image um, that would always rotate in the background and users could actually download it and um, save it to a wallpaper or a desktop or something. Um, and Bus had a, an agency at the time that was sending an awful lot of files. And this is a long time ago, right? So for your younger listeners, this is 2009. This is an era of mega upload, rapid share, all the companies you probably never heard of. Um, and still DVDs being sent and CD-ROMs being sent to companies on couriers. So the you know file sharing was relatively new, but the main business of file sharing back then was really around piracy. So those companies that were you know big in that space were really promoting um, you know the sharing of illegal film, illegal music, that sort of stuff. And um, WeTransfer was born out of really an idea to um, make that file sharing really easy but also to make it really legitimate. So it was really about supporting creativity. Um, and so these two sort of two things collided with uh, Bus's idea of a, a file sharing business and Nolan's vision for these wallpapers. Um, I joined I don't know, six months later, something like that. And, um, and basically from then on, we were just a few people in a little room in Amsterdam um, trying to work out how to sell advertising space, which is this full screen background, how to monetize the site, how to pay the bills, um, and how to deal with the growth because it it just kicked off at an unbelievable rate um, through another service that your users would probably never heard of, StumbleUpon. I was uh, really interested to, to hear that StumbleUpon was that kind of origin of how all these, like I guess, all your users came to the platform. So how did that happen? What was like, what made that um, you know StumbleUpon be that kind of uh, tipping point to you know just send users your way to the to, to WeTransfer? So I, I can't give all the credit to stumble upon. I mean, um, Nolan had a blog. It was pretty pretty popular, and the service just you know was super efficient. 
Um, but StumbleUpon, you know, it's before like, you know, in- influencer marketing. So StumbleUpon basically was the influencer. And if you used it, you would basically be thrown up four or five suggestions for sites to go and, you know, to go and check out. And, um, you know, back then it meant that, you know, 20 or 30 million people would have seen uh, a recommendation for a service like WeTransfer. So it was game changing. You know, I, StumbleUpon does still exist today, but I'm not sure it does anything like the sort of traffic that it used to. Yeah. And from the early users, are you seeing the same type of users today or has that changed over the years? No, they're probably quite similar. I mean, um, you have to look at each market differently. Holland was the original market that the business grew up in. Um, so the you know the the user in two thousand and nine in Holland was the sort of progressive, creative, the creative thinker, somebody working in the arts. Today, it's used by twenty percent of the population. Um, so there's everybody thrown into that mix. In a market like the U.S., we're still relatively young. So you know uh, our competitors have been in the marketplace for almost ten years, really, before we were really present here. Um, so we're we're talking here to those influential, progressive creators and and um, creative thinkers. Uh, we're not yet working with you know your mum and dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I I think that's kind of uh, interesting to think about because when I think of file transfer, I mean for me, it's we we transfer has been like my go to. Like I think even through like college, like even high school, I was like, oh, we transfer because it was free. It was very simple and easy to use. Um, so it's interesting to hear that like, you're that, that you guys are still kind of new uh, to the U.S. market because in, in my mindset, you guys have been for me like the leading file transfer service um, for the past you know eight years. You're clearly very progressive. <laughs> no, but I mean, in, in big, in, I mean, America is a big place, right? So you have 350 million people here. In those cities like New York and um, you know Portland and Los Angeles, we're we're relatively big and relatively well known. So the you know the people in media, in creativity, and in fashion and stuff will know us and use us for a long time. But that, you know, as we know in current political climate here, that is not. The whole of America, right? The <laughs> East and the West Coast do not represent the way that everybody works and thinks here. Yes, that's very, very true. Um, so I, I've got a question for you. Um, I was listening to a podcast that you that you were recently recently on called the Secret Leaders Podcast, um, and you mentioned that um, you were hoping to have WeTransfer kind of have these offline values achieved online. So what what exactly did you mean by that? I was looking to kind of you know dig a bit deeper into that um, statement because I think it's really interesting um, as we're starting to see these worlds, both physical and digital, really start to collide and you know mesh together. So I think it's something that. Um we transfers thought about from day one and perhaps because you know we all came from a space that wasn't necessarily um you know a technical institution so it wasn't that the founders of the business were mit um you know engineering graduates they came from a design space or an advertising space or a media space so i think we're um you know looking and have we've always been looking at you know creativity as the the sort of instigator between all all of the things that we've been doing a lot of tech companies that started up 10 years ago, um, and to be honest, even start today, you know, are looking at tech um, and talking about users as if they are you know, uh, simply a commodity. They're not real individuals. They're not people that I think you know, really um, uh, need to be treated with the same amount of respect as they would be if you started an offline business. 
If you want to get into retail today and you're starting a, your first store on the high street, the first thing you're going to think about is customer experience. You know, what, how are they going to enter the store? What is the store going to look like? How are they going to be greeted and treated? And what is that checkout process going to be, be looking like? Probably the only company that's really done this and, and managed to merge those two worlds to some degree you know, well is Apple, who if you look at their retail experience, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's set precedent for so much of retail. Um, but there are not many tech companies that are able to look at you know, the offline world and, and think of their customers as anything other than a user and to think of them as to you know, how they're going to make sure that they're really adding value to their lives um, and that they're going to take a long-term view. If you're in retail and you're starting a store, you can't expect to net you know, 20 times return in the space of three years and cash out in a billion-dollar business. It's impossible. You know, the horizon is so much longer, and that's where I think it's important that, um, you know, for tech companies to take an offline view to the, the way they're treating their customers. Um, and I think if you look at WeTransfer, we've done an amazing job of building up a huge amount of trust in our user base. And that's, that's really done, I think, through some very basic things that we did earlier on that are quite offline. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, to your point, like, I, I think if you look at Facebook, um, and some of like larger tech companies, like they're looking at, like you said, users, not as humans, but as like a data in, like as like a data input. Um, and it's like, right. it's a new source of information, uh, that can empower their algorithm to provide some sort of recommendation that then gets clicked on or viewed, which in turns a profit. Cause that, that, like that is their business model. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they can, you know, make that shift to a more user centric, um, you know, potential like, like, like lifestyle, because, um, I think there's being like, there's a lot of backlash coming out into the, into the, into the market today about users just, just being traded as this, as this, you know, as a source of information and not seeing beyond that. Yeah. And I really do love the user experience of WeTransfer because one, you really don't have to log in. It's easy. All you have to do is drop a file and send it to whoever you need to send it. And then you have that full screen, beautiful image that you carry um, for individuals. Are you, when it comes to the roadmap of that, are you thinking of adding more features just to make that experience easier or maybe tailor it to specific freelancers or the creative thinkers, et cetera? Uh, so WeTransfer is probably as simple a tool as you can possibly make it, right? There's no sign up. Um, it's only one image on the site that rotates every 40 seconds. It's probably the only site in the entire world that has that. Um, it's got, you know, some of the best performing ads that the internet has. I mean, some of our the best campaigns that we're running are getting like a 3.5% click-through rate. Um, it's off the charts in terms of what we're doing. So um, I would be very reluctant at trying to add more things in. And it's always a funny question, right? If you've got something really beautifully simple, um, people will start, you know, do you want to add more features to it? Why? Why would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to make that more complicated? Let's love the, just the fact that it's simple. Um, I think you know where we're going is you see through WeTransfer that we we launched Collect, which is a a beautiful tool for just collating and sharing ideas, um, boards, concepts where you can drag and pull anything from the internet basically and share it um, to help stimulate ideation. And then last year, we acquired a company called 53, and they have two beautiful tools in paper and paste. And paper is like one of the number one drawing apps in the world. Unbelievably simplistic. People love just the way that they're able to ideate and you know share sort of concepts through it. And paste is a fantastic tool for just getting out ideas. 
you know, of not not um, being selfish around the creation of a keynote or a PowerPoint presentation, but actually just opening that that process up really early on, so you're getting ideas out faster. Um, so there, you know, those are our features, right? Those are the new things that WeTransfer is pushing out. Um, I always talked about WeTransfer as being like a Volkswagen Beetle. It's like it's mm. classic. It's a design classic. <laughs> Right? Why would you want to try and fuck that up? It looks great. We should just iterate and round the corners a little bit each year. And then you want to come out with a Touareg and a Touran and everything else mm. that you know, Volkswagen has as a brand. And that's what I think you know, we're, we're rolling out at the moment. Yeah, I'd be interested to know. So, I guess, how did you come across those insights about you know, like acquiring or, or or producing those products? Like, were you looking from feedback from your from your users every day to day to saying, hey, you know, this is what we would love we transfer to expand upon to like you know get more into like creative theme, or is this just coming from like a internal company mission to just like support the creative arts and kind of just like be that in a sense like a lifestyle brand um, that is just like supporting this creator community out there today. So the goal that we have is that we play a big role in creativity and and we divided it into sort of three areas. One is about sparking ideas. The other part is about, you know, the creation of ideas. Um, and the last part is about the delivery of ideas. The delivery part we've done pretty well. So, you know, 45 million, whatever people use that service every month to deliver a finished idea or some degree something finished. If you go back up the funnel a little bit, paper and paste, um, and collect a really for that sort of, you know, um, that the creation of the stimulation. Um, well, actually, sorry, collect is more in the spark space. But um, in that very early phase, further down the funnel, we have We Present, which is really about supporting creativity and trying to be the most diverse, interesting, um, long read, design sort of focus platform Um to really initiate people's you know, creativity to get things literally sparked, to then go off and create something and then to have it delivered. Um, we've always supported the art, so it's something that we've done since 2009 and really because we've come from that space, right? We had a gift and we transfer that. We had this media and we could really do something quite phenomenal with it, so we just started featuring other artists and stuff. And over time, that that, that grew into something that Actually, we could really be quite constructive in the way that we were going to you know, use and gift that media. Um, and we've used it to support gun reform here in the U.S. and, um, you know, uh, International Women's Day. And um, uh, we have something else quite exciting coming up later this year. But, you know, using that space to really do larger projects and larger initiatives to, um, to give back. And for the surprise or the launch later this year... Is that going to be the John Legend docuseries that's coming out on YouTube? I think that's out already, isn't yes. it? Even if we go live now, it's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a nice ongoing relationship, right? I think it's four films um, that we'll release every week over the next few weeks. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. But there's a lot of other stuff coming out this year that are music-related but also cause-related projects that I think um, you know, will be game-changing as this is our 10th year. Right, it's quite a big year in uh, uh, in sort of we transfer history that we've been doing this for quite a while now. Um, yeah, the, the the big one zero, the decade mark, which that's that, yeah. that's super exciting. Um, and it's always interesting, like when I look at we transfer, it's you know you guys are kind of in a sense like these curators, and you're curating this online digital gallery 
well, obviously, I think the main use case people show up to WeTransfer, like they want to send files, you know, to and fro. Uh, it is more like, I guess, you know, like utility focused, but it's, you kind of are creating this like community around, like I said, creativity, social, like, like, um, um, social impact and it's you have this beautiful backsplash that just kind of creates this this like digital gallery for um independent artists and brands to get involved with and i think it's a, it's, a, it's a very unique approach and something different that we haven't seen um you know from from like an advertising perspective um in a in a long time it's it's a kind of a step back from this uh, traditional banner ad um or you know re, uh, pre-roll that you see you know a lot of brands buying today yeah and on top of that because you have so many users who are just on the platform sharing all this information, how are you handling their their data or data as a whole? Uh, so, you know, privacy, I think um, going back to the offline values online, you know, have always been at the forefront of our thinking. Um, you know, as a service in 2009, we didn't even have a sign-up. We still don't have a sign-up on, you know, we transfer. So the amount of data that we're collecting is quite minimal you know, we have an advertising platform, right? So that that platform needs to be monetized, and the advertisers need to have some idea of who it is that they're targeting. Um, but still, you know, in in the spectrum of um, you know information, the spectrum of targeting, we um, are offering much more of a brand platform to 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 advertisers than we are a tool to know you know exactly what's happening at any particular time of the month with you and your shopping history. You know, what we can tell is that um, and what we offer is a platform that has one of the highest net promoter scores in the world um, in a unique platform, because, as I said earlier, no one else is doing what we do. There is no media you can buy that is full screen that is as, you know, I think uh, premium uh, as we're offering online um, and it's working. The rest of the advertising market is decreasing, declining, it's commoditized, prices are going down, and actually we've managed to increase our rates year on year. Yeah, And then with that, obviously the static advertisements do amazing. How does video and dynamic creative actually work on the platform? Is that, the, are you seeing just as high engagement rate? No. So actually the simpler the better. The most effective advertising on WeTransfer is a static wallpaper that basically says exactly what it does on the tin. That's you guys have like really honed everything down to this very like, kind of this, like, like like this core sim- like simplicity mission, which is um, very interesting, and, and I, like that's kind of like reflected across all the products that you have, um, how you interact with your users, um, and so like even the advertisements, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, I don't think I don't think we've actually done that. I think the user has done it. You know, I think if you you know, if you look at the way that the industry has gone, basically uh, through programmatic advertising, through you know the use of data, through the speed with which money is raised and money is spent, the there is a pace that's been set by investors and by technology businesses that's basically saying you've got to get more faster. The consumer is an idiot. Hit them over the head with as much stuff as you possibly can until they eventually give in and purchase. And you might get that one transaction. But what you won't get is, you know, long-term brand value. What you won't get is loyalty. What you won't get is trust. And actually what I think, you know, consumers are looking for is a lot more of that old-school charm, which is confidence in delivering a message that's just genuine. So it's factual. It's um, it's elegantly written. It's it's well-produced. And actually that creates a sense of calm on, on the Internet. 
you know there are not many spaces and even you know the the most progressive news sites included that allow you a sense of calm there is a rationale that says you know you need to have eight or nine pieces of content on the screen at any one time to ensure that people are getting all the information they need who 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 said that was useful television isn't isn't built like that right television delivers one thing at any one time for you to engage with one piece of content yeah, and, and to that point, I I think you know at, at the lab what we're really classifying this um, as like this idea of like users trying to find that calm and you know potentially are dry like are, are pulling away from like the, like the major social platforms that are overcrowded um, you know like I can, like like they're very um, like intense um, is that like there's a lot of unintended consequences of that uh, of of these of of what these platforms have have done over the past you know decade and a half um and now we're seeing these consumers look for that calm like looking for these more niche environments uh where they can uh you know focus on a very like specific interest or channel that is of use to them or of interest to them um and it brings you know value to to our brands because that is you know a higher value in a sense audience to go after rather than um trying to spread your message across, you know, Facebook, for example, it's like, if you can go find one of these niche communities, um, and really hone in on this one person that we know aligns with your brand has trust in your brand. Um, you know, that is a, a I think a much be- more beneficial way to spend money and, uh, you know, a, and build that brand trust with, with, with consumers rather than what we've kind of seen, um, in the past on like the larger social platforms. Yeah. And I think you have to, you know, for a lot of for a lot of media businesses, and I mean, we're a we're a buyer and a publisher at the same time, right? So we have, um, uh, you know, ideally there would be more platforms like us that we could buy against. The fortunate thing is, you know, we have our own platform to promote our own products. But with eighty seven cents on the dollar going to Google and Facebook, you know, we're constantly looking around, going, you know, where else are you going to go to get the sort of interaction and experience you can get with WeTransfer? I I don't know anywhere. I mean, you could spend your money on a few other publishers, but ultimately they're not delivering anything like that we're offering. And what I think, you know, the industry needs to do is to really revisit, you know, how we're spending our money and and what we're going to do with it in the future. I would love to see a collective come up in the future where, um, you know, major publishers group together to actually, um, you know, divert some of that money from Google and Facebook and deliberately put it elsewhere to to make a point to to create some other alternative that currently isn't there. To that point, it's uh, not another publisher, but I mean, it seems like Apple News is looking to do that in a way to kind of bring some of that content and uh, you know monetization into their platform. Uh, but again, that then funnels content and money back into another large major tech platform um so i i don't know if you can call that competition or not but it does add one more person to that kind of uh, advertiser you know like uh, supply bucket um but you know i think it's interesting that with this you know like with these consumers like looking um for new spaces to your point it's you know it allows a brand to kind of step in and be those like kind of curators of that content. Um, so if you specialize, for example, like let's let's say like Johnson and Johnson, like they specialize in baby care and 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 health and, and and baby health. So they have developed a whole community around that specific type of content, um, where you know new parents and new moms can go to and you know read up on like how to take care of their take care of their children. And that goes all the way back to really bringing that trust back into um, a consumer's relationship with a brand directly. Um, Yep. And and Damien, are you seeing brands building some type of community through your platform? I think brands are not only building community through us, but they're, you know, they're learning um, 
and building tools for you know for those communities through our platform. I think you know if you look at our, the major advertisers that we have on the site, you know a lot a lot of them I think are taking out a lot of learnings from us um, because um, you know again we speak to a very specific audience that a lot of others you know simply can't reach. I love it, and I think it's a great platform to showcase a message or make a statement because of the simplicity of the platform and the use of all the real estate. Yeah, it's taken a while, but you know, last year we had pretty phenomenal year with nearly. I want to say all of the luxury good firms, but you know, a big chunk of the luxury goods market suddenly realizing that you know WeTransfer was a real alternative to the other spaces. I don't know what those other spaces are because there are not many that you can be in on a, as a as a luxury goods brand. But um, you know, we saw companies like Chanel and Balenciaga um, you know, spending really heavily on the platform because because of that space. I think that's pretty unique. Anyway, I think I've pitched it enough, right? I think we should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, so, I mean, we can kind of get straight into, I know one, one of the topics that we were kind of danced around, but di- didn't really get into it uh, that deeply was, um, you know, the, I guess, I guess some of the regulation that could potentially happen in the space today. Um, and I, my, I guess like my first take on this is that we've already seen some with the larger platform, especially Facebook, um, and GDPR and what they're dealing with that are kind of in the EU. Uh, but you know, recently the FTC announced that they were developing their, um, their, their antitrust, um, technology council to kind of help understand more deeply, uh, these major tech platforms buying other major tech platforms and the impact that's going to have, um, on the everyday consumer. Um, so, you know, Damien, you are a media publisher, you are a tech platform. Um, you know, I'm interested to kind of get like, get, like your perspective of, you know, how you're viewing potential regulation. If you think there's going to be regulation in, in, in industry, um, are you for it? Are you against it? So personally, I'm for legislation, regulation. Um, you know, I would say that the majority of the industry isn't, um, you know, there is this, uh, libertarian, you know, concept around the internet that it needs to be needs to be free and that freedom basically allows people to um uh you know express themselves however they see fit and 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 capitalists can win and uh libertarians can win personally i think that you know what we've what we've constructed around the internet um has gone a long way from where tim berners lee began um we are no longer in a in a in a space that is full of hobbyists um you know the the internet is dominated by a very, very select few, um, and it's unhealthy. You know, there's no question that if this was in the real world, and we were talking about the oil industry, or we were talking about, um, you know, the, uh, the the sugar industry, there would be, uh, you know, a really thorough investigation. There would be a monopolies commission or an oligopoly commission, um, and regulation would have already, you know, been in place. The internet is incredibly complicated. So how do you how do you patrol it? How do you you know how do you control and put in regulation around this borderless system that you know that exists or this infrastructure that exists? Um, I'm not sure that anybody has the answer, but I think what is important is that there are more companies, more organisations like Dot Everyone in the UK that are really trying to push for um, uh, responsibility. It's not about um, government coming in and putting in, you know, uh, legislation that will basically undermine or you know hold companies back from being able to grow. 
But I think it's company-faced and government-faced and ensuring that people understand the responsibilities that they're carrying and that they're looking at it from a long-term perspective and making sure that the you know, the space where my kids spend more time than anywhere else is safe. And I don't mean safe from you know potential threats. I mean safe in terms of that the information they're getting is factful, that the information that they're receiving is truthful, that you know the things that they're they're viewing and and reading and and watching have been vetted or um, you know some way shape or form those companies are held accountable for what's uh, on their sites. And there's very little of that in place, and I'm not sure that that's a good thing for anybody. Um, yeah, the I mean, you know, I would say you, you kind of hold, like you said, like a, a contrarian view to like 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 the larger tech industry that's out there today. Um, I would I would I would also add to that that there is I think a a responsibility also of us as a consumer to educate ourselves to better understand like the content that we're reading uh, and to be aware of that because if we be, become those kind of like maybe it's a passerby somebody that just kind of sits there and consumes and doesn't kind of take like that action of uh you know putting your best foot forward um i mean it's going to be i guess i feel uncomfortable like letting other people kind of take that initiative and like letting them kind of guide my internet journey like i think there's a, a real self-responsibility that needs to be put into um the hand, uh, hand of the consumer as well i agree I, they have we have that responsibility already right so if you if we grouped together today and we said that we didn't like what you know was happening on Facebook with Zuckerberg and everything else and the decision making he's making, we could change it. We choose not to. We choose not to you know group and actually force uh, changes in the platform that we pay for um, because of convenience. You know, convenience. I believe, unfortunately, for you know for the man on the street, will win time and time again over really the desire to change and to put in you know regulation because it is so goddamn easy for you to <laughs> to type in the beginnings of a word and have it autofilled it's so convenient that when you're going to google maps it's already got your history and it you know it knows mm -hmm. where you're going because it's linked to your calendar you know do you you need those 4 seconds that it's going to take for you to put in that address so so badly that you're just going to keep using it you know, so convenience will win. I think it's um, we have not yet seen people really choosing for anything um, over convenience. And no matter how hard Mozilla and um, you know the other foundations are, are working to try to get over this, um, I believe it's the responsibility of the tech companies and it's the responsibility of the VCs and it's the responsibility of government to um, help companies put this in place. Um, because without getting too dystopian, it's not too far away that, um, you know, when you're putting in your directions into Waze, that Waze already knows where you're going. It already knows the route that you take to work because you might think that you're super uh, independent and always do something different, but you don't. You know, four, day, four days out of five, you take the same route to work. So it knows that that Starbucks that you stop at, you know, 22 times a week is your Starbucks. So the cup of coffee you're about to purchase just goes up from 180 to 194 and you don't even notice it because you're just using Apple Pay. And those you know that's happening right now, right? And I think it's companies that need to have some responsibility to say we're not going to do that. And this is how we're going to treat your data. This is how we're going to work with the users and the customers to make sure that they're getting fair value and they're being treated fairly. Convenience is um what Amazon has based their entire you know, business model on is getting yep. you the 
item to your doorstep into your like into your home into your fridge like that's like where they want to be um and it is always a challenge to um really you know beat on convenience uh because if it's yeah like those four seconds might not mean that much maybe by itself but if you look at like the how it then it's all laid out across the let's say like uh the google ecosystem of navigating you to putting like your content on like all of that just takes that burden off of our our mental thought and i hopefully ideally we can then focus energy on on something else um and you know like all this automation that we're seeing ideally you know drives us to you know really perform as creative thinkers as um these kind of uh you know like organic beings as something that isn't that we aren't stuck on these automated like repetitive tasks but instead are focused on like like the more strategic bigger thinking um that you know we as humans are are really good at um so it's it'll be interesting to kind of see how it all plays out but um convenience man like it's that's hard to it's hard to beat it's hard to beat it feels good to me (laughs) funny uh same route every day 22 coffees a week i feel like you're explaining my life (laughs) and somebody knows it better than you right because the data is truthful apparently no but it's a it's i think it's a you know it's a very important space that um you know over time what what we're amassing is a huge collection of subscriptions a huge amount of time that goes on maintaining those subscriptions and those accounts and actually truthfully how many of them do you need and you know i know it's super compelling that amazon can deliver that swiffer mop within 2 hours but you don't need it in 2 hours right and if you planned your your day a little bit more effectively and if you look at your phone right now and look at how much time you spent on screen time it's probably already over two hours today, right? Was that really effective? No, I think, you know, what we need to get to is we're we're distilling the tools and the software that we're using down to the fair few that we really, really need, that really enhance our lives. I hope that we transfer and the tools we have play a part in that. And then the goal should be that you get away from a screen, go and get some inspiration, make something, connect with people, um, and then come back in and, and make something again, but make it efficient. You know, I think if I, I can, I mean, I fall into this too, right? If I'm traveling and I look at the amount of time I spend on my phone, sometimes it's four hours in a day of just, just picking it up. I think I'm, you know, I'm just quickly doing something, but I'm not. I'm lost for 15 minutes in somewhere that's absolutely useless, adds no value whatsoever. To me, like that's in a sense just become a part of, you know, yeah. consumer behavior and, and our culture because, you know, there is so much that is tied to the phones and the, like the information that, that we get to them and, and just how helpful that they have been. And I think, you know, like the benefit that, that they have provided um, is something that is just not measurable. But um, brand implications, we got to talk about brand implications first. Um, so Angel, I'll, I will start this off with you because I know you have to li- leave and I want to get your yes. get your thoughts. Um, so, you know, what are some like brand, t- like what are some brand implications or takeaways uh, that our audience should be thinking about? So based on this conversation and today where there's so many things you can target against or so many things you can optimize i like the where the conversation went where simplicity is actually key what's wrong with just having a static image that presents a a message that you're trying to i guess push out and if it's the simple the shorter the more effective i think it would be and a, a platform like yours makes a ton of sense damien how about yourself any brand takeaways last minute thoughts no, I mean, I know, not really. I think we covered most things, right? I'm, uh, no, it's I'm great. all good. Yeah, 
Uh, well, so Angel, I I agree I agree with your with your statement. So thank you for uh, covering off on that. But uh, so Damien, uh, where can our uh, listeners find you on the uh, on the internet? Only on Twitter. Only on Twitter. Excellent. What yeah. what is what is the handle if you care to provide? At DJ Bradfield, and it's not because I'm a DJ. My middle name is John. <laughs> well, that would be a good name, DJ Bradfield. I like that. Drop, dropping his next mix soon uh, out of sunny LA. Um, well, great. Well, uh, Damien, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us with today uh, on Floor 9. We'd love to have you. Uh, and uh, listeners, if you're looking to you know have more content, listen to us more, uh, just really soak in what, what, the, what the lab has to offer, uh, please go check out our website, uh, our Medium blog. Uh, you can follow us on our social channels at IPG Lab, uh, as for Twitter and Instagram. Um, and lastly, if you like what you hear, share, tell your friends, give us a, re- give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, so thank you, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right, pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.